0: two steps back from all this it's like I, I feel like that meme where they're like you know how's it going now you know and they're like and it's like new york times promoting eugenics to help the environment Ooh, that bad huh <laughs> <laughs> yikes yikes guys yeah <laughs> uh, you you are in deep in the spiral now would you like to know more no what did i do right well, i thought that recorded <laughs> I click the camera because I c- camera for recording. You know, we've only done this hundreds of times now. And of course I turn off my camera
1: I mean, anyway. Whatever. So I'm
0: excited to be here with you because I have seen this trend in media recently that just has me <laughs> flabbergasted. So context here. Simone and I have gone through you know, the, the rounds in progressive media over and over and over again. They hate that we do polygenic selection on our kids because oh my god, we believe that humans have genes and certain traits are heritable and that families should have access to the reproductive choices to have kids the way that their culture says is the, the ethical way to have kids and in a way that nudges those genes in directions that their family values on an individual basis, right? And as we well, and
1: they unceasingly accuse us of eugenics, even though by the definition of eugenics that anyone could agree upon, like if you look at Wikipedia's definition of eugenics, we are very much against eugenics because one, we don't believe that there are universally good or bad traits. And two, we are very much against trying to fight for promulgation or suppression of those universally good or bad traits in on a society level, right? So like- yeah, so,
0: so to, to point it out, like what we think is- every culture and every family should have the right to choose what traits they think are best for their family to optimize around. Right. And then as a society, like like the world tests us and determines which families and which groups shows correctly. Yeah. Um, but there
1: are different societal, environmental, economic, et cetera, contexts that yeah, make different traits useful. We're not, we're make not, make
0: not getting yeah. And one of the interesting thing that has been a theme to me recently is as soon as the left like accepts something that we've been trying to get them to accept forever, it's like don't immediately like run away screaming like you touched a hot stove when you mentioned something like humans have genes, their first intuition is always to take it to the most insane and evil place humanly imaginable. <laughs> and so the left has finally admitted that some traits in humans may have a genetic component and the very first thing they want to do is eugenics like like bad eugenics like evil state sanctioned like yeah like you should only
1: reproduce with these people eugenics
0: yeah yeah you should only reproduce with these people because these are the good people and other people are the (laughs) bad people like why can't the left just not be evil for five seconds but anyway and i'm not talking about fringe left here okay So there was yeah, an You're article, talking about New York Times. Yeah, and the New York Times, now that they have realized that humans have genes, they're like, well, short people are better for the environment, therefore you should only breed with short people. And hold on, so this isn't just like the New York Times. So the, the, the article in the New York Times that goes over this is there has never been a better time to be short, but there have been other articles like this. There was one in Popular Mechanics, you should mate with short people to fight climate change, expert says. There was, you know, yeah, there's been a few articles that have sort of gone over this. this By the way,
1: nothing against short people. First off, I want to say that. Like there are, there are definitely, there are longevity benefits to being short. There are health benefits to being short and there are environmental benefits to being short. We're not saying, it's the fact that they're taking a eugenic stance on this. That we have a problem with. Yeah. In fact, we, we shared this article on Twitter and one of our followers pointed out quite cleverly, and, and this is a very dangerous question to ask, which is wait, but like what's the difference between like a short person and like a thin person in terms of their environmental impact? Like, oh! I know. It's like don't, 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 don't watch out, watch out. No, 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 no. We can't talk about
0: but 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 being inclined to rotundities
1: might increase being
0: being fat isn't their fault (laughs) it's genetic I'm Uh-oh. sorry. Sorry, I didn't mean to say that. Because if it's genetic, then they shouldn't be breeding because they're taking up more. Car- they're making more carbon emissions here.
1: Well, and not oh, not to oh. mention government healthcare expenditures. I mean, the burden on governments and the private healthcare system and private citizens themselves. Hold
0: on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. There's no a human can't burden <laughs> the government with expenses. What are you talking about? We're talking about their burden on the environment, the thing that matters. Okay. Not their, mm. not their fellow citizens, but the environment. environment. And okay. How do we get out of this New York times? How do we get out of this? Come on. (laughs) Let's quick, quick, find a way. Fat people are a discriminated class therefore, but aren't short people discriminated because short people earn less money on average and short people get passed over on dating
1: markets and yeah.
0: Dating markets. Ooh, they're just as arguably a discriminated class, but, but, but okay. So here's how short people are different. Okay. I figured it out. Walk me through it. so the left is a predominantly female uh, group these days. As you see voting patterns, it's predominantly female. And being short as a woman is it discriminatory. And as a woman, I don't value short men. I mean, they're not really human because I don't want to breed with them. No, this is the way not. that I think a lot of women intuitively actually see men, where they're like, I don't mind when guys hit on me. And then it's like get the, the ugly guy, you know, there's that famous meme. And they're like, ah! hr because those guys aren't guys they're like these monsters that mope around in society yeah, and they're and like five
1: accidentally- two and they have on their tinder profile don't dm me unless you're over six four, or something yeah, yeah. like ridiculous so this is, so
0: i think it's very normal for women to just blatantly dehumanize and 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 because the left is, is they don't see short people as like really people but when you talk <laughs> about fat people well they could be fat i mean their friends could be fat you know and they you know when you you talk about like progressive women yes they overwhelmingly are often obese Well, we keep seeing this in our detractors you know it's it's actually
1: that's a this is an interesting question i i don't i wonder if there is a political divide on being overweight in the united states i don't think there is because i do think there's a genetic genetic component that just sort of has to do with inhibitory control around highly processed foods and it's not yeah okay yeah Like, I I would guess that there isn't a political difference in obesity, but maybe this is because I grew up in a really progressive society, assuming that, like, you know, I I was kind of... The
0: first article I find is Democrats are more likely than Republicans or Independents to blame their genetics for obesity.
1: Yeah. I mean, yes, (laughs) because external obesity of control is rampant in progressive culture. But I was raised with this, like, caricature of the Southern fat Republican, you know? So, like, I don't know, you know... I, I mean, like know, now, I and mean, like I know we conservatives have the the stereotype of the, you know, fat, obese, blue-haired, progressive. So I don't know. it's really I just no, think, yeah, that I think
0: Republicans are more frequently overweight than Democrats.
1: there you go. yeah.
0: Ah, yeah, interesting. so so but I see I know. think
1: that what that has to do is it has to do more with urban versus rural culture and then the effect that that can have. On I think world. it
0: has to do with poverty.
1: Yeah, po- poverty too, probably. But I just feel like, especially when you live in a city and you are walking more places, it just makes a huge impact on. Yeah, well, your, no, your I'm gonna, but I, I
0: think that you know the Democrats have become the party of the wealthy elite. You know, downtrodden mm. on the on the common working man in this country. Like it's very clear. Like they are the party of the of the elite and the oppressors, and they, and get, they get in just their steps by the
1: stomping yeah. on the dreams of the rural disempowered.
0: Well, I mean, they're just so like to me. What I like about this this New York Times article, right, where they're like, "Okay, get, get short people here." As we were talking about how they don't really see short people, short men, as human, and this is trying to like nudge them in that direction. Probably a short, like, male Democrat who's like, "Yeah, guys, please see me as human. Please <laughs> breed with me for the environment. Yeah, sex with people like me helps the environment." He knows. He knows his audience.
1: I you mean it audience. would be it honestly would be better though if it were that because then it would be less eugenics and more just like please someone or just
0: trying to get laid.
1: Yeah, like just just be nice to me, please, which I, I, I find a lot more charitable than oh, here is this superior treat. Let us all, you know, make sure that humanity breeds in that direction, which just really rubs us the wrong way. So you no.
0: know. Uh, well, I, <laughs> I I love this. Well, so, so, and I think we need a different word for when people are looking at this stuff from our perspective, right? Like we individually believe family should have a choice. And mm-hmm. so the word I would promote here is polygenic. So some people promote eugenics and we promote polygenics. Mm-hmm. Polygenics meaning, you know, you have a choice in this and you have a choice in using polygenic screening, whereas eugenics is the promotion of the belief culture wide of trying to aim towards some larger. Yeah, of, well, of
1: good genes, of just good genes. Like yeah, there is such good a thing. Genes, that's
0: what or bad genes is. Whereas polygenics and promoting polygenics is an issue of reproductive rights, mm-hmm. which is just a completely different thing than eugenics. And so that's that's what we're pushing here. I, I also think that, like, we move forwards as a society. You know, you have these two groups. Like, suppose they do get their way and they start breeding these short people. Are we going to go in the opposite direction? Are we going to create, like, space marines? Like, giant giant custodes? Like, large, super intelligent Chadmen or something? That'll be, like, ten feet tall? Like genetically pre-programmed, like double-muscled, like you have in some of those cows, it look oh, like.
1: God. like <laughs> the you know, roid cows. Um, <laughs> we're there,
0: they're, they're, <laughs> you know, these hulking brutes of people. Now, the problem is, is that right now, you know, if you're not employing polygenic data to, to height, height does shorten your lifespan, which is something Simone has pointed out. So they would have an advantage on lifespan unless, you know, they're just doing... Uh, old-fashioned like super evil eugenics where it's just like well we'll keep these people from breeding instead of using polygenic selection which allows you to uh, increase health at the same time as increasing things like height within some groups but uh, yeah that that's That would be an interesting direction for society to go in terms of human speciation. The problem is, is that what's really happening with human speciation, and you can see this in the data because it's already happening in terms of the bell curve of the different clusters of genetic traits, is that obesity, you know, we were talking about obesity, is actually being heavily selected for. It's other than IQ, I think the number one polygenic score that's most associated with high fertility. So what you're likely seeing is... And, and maybe shorter. I wouldn't be surprised if shorter. So so fatter, shorter, lower IQ group, and then this other group, which is the wealthy, the wealthy population, where you see within the ultra wealthy population, you also get higher fertility rates, but you see less crossbreeding Brazilian populations than you're used to, which within any biological textbook, you would call that, like if you see a trait and you see like a U-curve in, in fertility rates tied to that trait, you call that behavioral isolation which is different so you you have a few types of isolation that can lead to speciation you have things like uh what's the word i'm talking i want to say like geographic isolation yeah i think geographic isolation which means like a stream occurs between two populations behavioral isolation is like Some people begin to develop a trait where they really like having sex only at night. And then another group develops a trait where they really like only having sex during the day. And then these two groups live alongside each other, but they just stop interbreeding with each other. Oh, interesting. and so that's, that's really what we're seeing happening here right now in humans, which is pretty interesting. But I, I'm, I, I just think it's wild that the New York times has gone in this direction. And you know, you're not seeing a backlash. You're seeing like Republicans laugh at them like, ha ha ha. But what's interesting to me is us who clearly don't have a eugenic position. We have a polygenic position, but it could be seen as eugenic by people who are broadly uneducated and are just looking for any reason to paint us as bad guys. That even that slightest hint is used to attempt to smear us in article after article. And yet mainstream left-wingers can go full on, like evil eugenics promotion, like the most evil type of eugenics promotion. And I guess he's not promoting government mandates yet, but they, they, they can go full out and do this and there is no real repercussion for doing it. So long as they are quote unquote identified, like they're wearing their leftist armor and they're and they're doing these evil things, to promote the environment. Well, that's
1: what's so interesting. When I, I I searched the URL on Twitter to see like what the general commentary was, if there was any, and and most of the it's it's disappointing that most of the commentary was essentially just like derision of short people. You know, like oh how disgusting that like someone would want their kids to be short and do things to try to make their kids shorter and like try to choose, you know, like, oh, short people, gross. Whereas, oh, like, no one thought to criticize if they were made short by you. Oh,
0: yes. Yeah. So but supposedly due do this was polygenic screening, they, they end up just selecting for shorter kids. And you have to explain, especially to oh, your young male kid, on. I made you short for the environment, little Timmy. Uh,
1: no, no, no. That- I actually think in the article, I, I have to pull it up. Hold on, give me a second. Where he actually is, like, limiting his kids' dietary options to keep them short.
0: Oh, whoa. These yep. yeah, people are evil. Well, he's an environmental mm-hmm. scientist. What do you
1: expect? Right? Sorry. I'm trying to find this. Cause I don't want to speak out of turn here.
0: I, I love when progressives decide that they're going to implement eugenics programs. Instead of going in the direction of trying to create like Uber they're like, let's intentionally create spiteful mutants. <sighs> let's intentionally like just Fuck people, fuck up their shit. Like, restrict my children's diet. Like, that is so sad. But there's another thing that I wanted to go on, because there was another article, it was actually a piece of research that was done recently. I mean, I was going to do a full episode on it, but I think this could be a great time to discuss it, which is progressives just found out in this in this study, and, and apparently this had not been found before in other studies, that it turns out that authoritarianism exists on both the right and the left. Intriguingly, the researchers found some common traits between left-wing and right-wing authoritarians, including a preference for social uniformity, prejudice towards difference in others, willingness to wield group authority to coerce behavior, Cognitive rigidity, uh, aggressiveness, punitiveness towards perceived enemies, ostracized concern for hierarchy, and moral absolutism. How did you not see this? For 70 years, this is a quote here. For 70 years, lore in the social sciences has been that authoritarianism was to be found exclusively on the political right. The Rutgers University social psychologist, Lee (laughs) Justin. who wasn't involved in the new Sodi told me over email. So this isn't just the people in the study who are like, yeah, only nobody believed. Like, it was believed hypothetically there might be a form of left-wing authoritarianism, but science just hadn't found it yet. And it shows how strongly you have to not be looking. Like, if you're just, like, a common sane person and you're looking at the left, you're like, wow, this movement is blindingly authoritarian, but not just that. When leftist governments gain control and they have disproportionate control, they go authoritarian always and much faster than rightist governments, you know, mm-hmm. with communist governments and stuff like that. And all of those traits are very obviously like an Antifa member to the T. Like Antifa, which is so interesting to me is they claim to be an anti-authoritarian group And yet every one of those groups that they associate with authoritarianism are literally what defines Antifa when contrasted with more moderate Democrats. It is an authoritarian group. And you look at the tactics they use and they look like the tactics that like the Nazi brown shirts were using before Hitler won the election and stuff like that, like this gang violence and stuff like that. It is horrifying. Did you find the quote you were looking for?
1: Yeah, I did. He's even restricted dairy from his son's diets and only allows them minimal sugar in an attempt to limit their growth, saving them from the ills of height.
0: Damn.
1: Wait, but that's something, this is something someone tweeted. So
0: you don't know if it's true.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, It's hard for me to say because like, so she shared the article on Twitter, this person named Caitlin Flanagan shared on Twitter, quote, he's even restricted dairy from his son's diets and only allows them minimal sugar in an attempt to limit their growth, saving them from the ills of height, end quote. And then she says, anyone else think things are pretty weird around here? And then she just shared a link to the article. So I don't know if the article actually...
0: Uh, well, maybe she got this information somewhere else. I wouldn't be surprised. But anyway, to continue is what I'm saying here. So the authoritarian stuff is is really interesting to me and that they could be so blind to that. And I think it really falls in line with what we're talking about on this article. How the yeah. New York Times can have this article that, in this position in it that is clearly promoting evil eugenics. And yet they can be completely blind to what they're doing because it is a leftist doing it for leftist reasons. Well, and but I think
1: the the, yeah, the bigger yeah. issue is that progressivism is a sort of a moral monolith. Like there are shared morals and values. And so they they quote unquote know what's good, right? They understand what's good, and therefore they're not going to question any policy. That supports what they believe to be good. They're not questioning that. Whereas, what has become the conservative movement now is really more about cultural sovereignty and and protecting one's right to hold and one's own
0: diversity in the population. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: and so right. then there there isn't this same like oh well, this is obviously the morally right thing to do. Now, I would say that the conservative movement is sometimes overtaken by subsets that are like, this is the morally right or good thing to do, like with the, with the abortion, like, like legislation shifts, Though really, it could be argued that what took place in the Supreme Court with abortion in the United States was appropriate because it allowed for states to exercise cultural sovereignty on a state level by making those decisions at the state level, which, you know, perhaps is the right way to go. I don't know. But yeah, I just I think that's that's the difference is one when, when you believe that you are good and mm-hmm. it is your culture to believe that you are righteous, then you are not going to question the morality of your chosen methods and actions. Whereas if you're just fighting for things like cultural sovereignty or if you have doubts about your righteousness or the right way to go, you're not going to do it the same way.
0: Well, I I think what we're seeing here, because I don't think the left would have done stuff like this in the past. Although the fact that they never somehow didn't discover after like communist China, you know, communist Russia, that leftism has an authoritarian streak. They they couldn't find any authoritarian leftists. They were (laughs) unicorns. Um, So, I mean, it shows how blind they've been to this for a while. But I think increasingly recently, they've become so isolated within their intellectual bubbles that they have blinded themselves to the idea that any any idea within the left could have an evil streak to it. Whereas we on the right, I'd say, yeah, if you're going out there and you're pushing some like ethnocentric policy, that's evil, right? Like you should not allow that to happen. Now, un- unfortunately, from our perspective, the left is much more likely these days to push ethnocentric policies. If they're for an approved ethnicity, like the right hasn't, hasn't really had a large and meaningful group pushing ethnocentric policies in like half a century at this point. Mm-hmm. But there are groups. Like I'm not going to lie, there are groups on the right that sometimes attempt things like that. They they are, and I should point out, and this is something we constantly point out for the 539 poll and the article on this. They are not disproportion- 538. 538 poll. They are not disproportionately larger than the ethnocentric groups on the left, even the white nationalists. So as we point out from the 538 poll, and I will never stop mentioning this stat, is that until Obama was elected, more white Democrats and white Republicans said they would not vote for a black president. So, so the, the right does have a, a problem with this sometimes, but the left also has this uh, white ethnocentrism <laughs> really deep within it. They just pretend they don't. They're like, oh, yeah, the unions, they don't have that problem. They've never been centers of racism and and I and feel like
1: that's worse to to never admit to never admit it or believe that it was ever a problem.
0: Mm. Yeah, I mean they've really twisted the narrative in society which has confused people about what's actually going on so much that I think a lot of the the masses are just living in this wild distortion field where the left isn't carrying out like a an intentional and, and wide-scale cultural genocide of groups so that it sees as lesser than itself, lesser than the urban monoculture. They, they do not see that the left is openly excited about the erasure of not just you know, domestic cultural groups that are different from it, which are usually religious cultural groups, but the erasure of immigrant culture You mm-hmm. know, in, in the article. It's another article that we've done a piece on I don't know which one's going to come out first where the guy was was talking about from a leftist perspective falling fertility rates and he was like well and I really promote immigration and assimilation assimilation is cultural genocide if you're doing it at a large level you are saying I want to erase their culture yep whereas I think that what what the the, the right supports and and what I think is The actual correct way to approach immigration is that immigrant groups should immigrate insofar as their culture can mesh well within American culture and can add to American culture. Which I think, you know, Hispanic immigrant populations do spectacularly well. You know, there are these traditional tradcast communities with value systems that are very similar to previous Irish immigrant groups. Sorry the two previous Catholic immigrant groups like I love it so much I'll talk to to some people when they're anti-immigration sometimes and they'll be like that the Hispanic immigrants are coming over with their gangs and I'm like okay Every large Catholic immigrant group has done this, whether it was the Irish mob or the Italian mafia, it's just something Catholics do. I don't know why, but those two groups have made America stronger, not because we erased their cultures, but because their cultures added to our own, you know, whether it's our pizza or our pasta or, (laughs) you know, these, you know, when I think of a, a pizza these days, like an American style pizza, a Detroit style pizza, you know, this is the, the fusion of these cultures to create something better because we didn't go out there with the goal of erasing their culture when they came to this country. And yet now that is the left reason Detra because they can't replenish this urban monoculture that they've created. It has almost zero fertility rate. Mm-hmm. They, they, they're getting worse at deconverting people, children from the right. You know, they've gone way too far with this education system that they're using to attempt to, uh, You know, we'll basically take the children of nearby demographically healthy cultural groups. And so they are now shipping in immigrants to erase their culture. And it is something that is just so sad to see. When I talk to the parents, like immigrant parents, and they talk about what has happened to their children, you know, and it is, it is really sad to see this loss of cultural identity. It reminds me so much of these days of the early immigrants, you know, where they were promised, Oh, you go to America and there's gold on the street and everything like that. And, and these were clear lies that people were using to take advantage of them. But now these people are told come to America so that your family going forwards can be wealthy and be successful. And then their kids are mimetically sterilized, if not outright castrated and taught, to hate their parents, hate their parents culture, to see it as backwards. And well, what
1: makes it extra painful is parents are often living much harder lives to enable this. You know, it's yeah. not like they're their lives are going to be easier immigrating to the United States, starting fresh, you know, in many cases, you know, to get into the United States, you have to be a highly qualified person. Often doctors come in and have to completely redo their education. Like it's, it's a nightmare. And then all of this is to give their kids a better future. And then their kids are like, no, I don't want a future. I'm not going to have a future. I'm not going to have kids. I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to sort of lean back from life. I'm not going to marry. I'm not going to, Really invest in but a lot that of was always that.
0: the plan when they say we're taking in immigrants and we need to assimilate them assimilate them to what not conservative yeah. christian culture not tradcast culture no what they mean is we need to assimilate them to the urban monoculture they can still call themselves you know whatever they want they can still call themselves muslim if they want they can still yeah. call themselves catholic if they want they just can't uh, deviate from our cultural views on any major issue that humanity deals with, whether that's morality or gender or sexuality, or the way we relate to, you know, our partners or the, the, what we think of the future of our species or the way we relate to our environment. You, you literally can't differentiate from anything, but a few token holidays. It reminds me of this, this, this old song that I used to love, the gap year song. Oh, oh i'm going on a gap yeah and he's going around the world and he's so he's he's bragging about all of these different cultures that he's experiencing but he so obviously has this deep dis- disrespect from them like he barely sees their cultures as humans and they're just tools for him like i was in
1: africa and Thomas not i saw this woman and there vacant stare as if to say
0: despite our differences you and i are one yeah and then i just thundered every parah parah darling do you mean parah <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, beautiful people country, beautiful people patting one of them on the oh my
1: god i can't believe you said that because that really reminds me of this time oh my god yeah yeah i was in south america in parah oh, Yeah, wonderful country you know beautiful people yeah um I knew that uh, we were trekking in the Andes and the sun was just rising and glinting off the snow, creating a sort of ethereal haze. And I really got a sense of the
0: awesome power of nature and the insignificance of man. And then uh, I just thundered everywhere. And that's what they mean when they're like, everyone's oh, a Wonderful people. Wonderful Beautiful, country. People, yes. People. Uh, of course, now if your parents do deviate from us on any of the approved beliefs. We are unfortunately going to need to teach you that the fact that they disagreed with us was traumatizing to you as a child. They are the source of all of your problems. You will need to constantly give us money at this state appointed psychologist who you will become dependent on because they will tell you that the only way to relieve your trauma is continuing to come see them, continuing to come have your brain. W- w- they will clean your brain. Don't worry. They'll, they'll wash your brain for you and you'll feel amazing. You'll feel amazing. You'll wake up every day. I mean, obviously, statistically, you won't feel amazing. Obviously, statistically, when we look at progressive populations, you know, over 50 percent, of uh, progressive white women under the age of 30 have a serious mental health issue. Uh,
1: Well, but that's because they've experienced so much trauma. That's not their fault at all.
0: Well, the trauma is unfortunately being exposed to people who had different views than them, often in their childhood. And Mm -hmm. that is, of course... Deeply traumatic. Progressive and, and, uh,
1: culture is just trying to cure it, don't you see? Yeah, you know,
0: they're just trying to cure the cultures that they're shipping. And so why are they shipping in these cultures? It's because they want their children. Because they can't, they can't as easily take children from the surrounding groups anymore. And uh, it's really, really messed up. Like, if you take two steps back from all this, it's like, I, I feel like that meme where they're like, you know, how's it going now? You know, and they're like, and it's like New York Times promoting eugenics to help the environment. Ooh. That bad, huh? <laughs> Yikes! Yikes, guys. Yeah, you you are in deep in the spiral now. I I and and you won't get out of it. It's going extinct. There's nothing I can do. You know when we come to them, say it's like uh, you know Noah and the ark. You know with this fertility rate thing. Yeah, you know, sometimes you go to the unicorns and you're like, hey, get on the ark, and they're like, fuck you, bigot, and you're like, okay. I don't, have, I don't have the patience of Noah. Go That's off into the woods and die in the flood, okay? We're trying to tell you your fertility rate. How could you say my fertility rate is too low? Is that because I'm, you know, white? And it's like, no, it's, it's because of the cultural group you're in just has a desperately low fertility rate. And that is the urban monoculture, which is a multi-ethnic group. And it is very, 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 very low fertility rate. Well... Oh, I don't know about that. It sounds like you're telling women that they have some sort of duty to society, and, and that I might have to work for this duty. Well, I mean, I think men have an equal duty. Ha! You you said it. You said it. And then and then you point out, wait. When you say women have a duty to society, are you saying that men don't have wombs, that there aren't a group of men out there with wombs they're like, well, of course I also need to, but of course they wouldn't forget that. Women and men with wombs, they would say duty to society. (laughs) This whole thing is just getting absolutely comical at this point, but uh, oh, well.
1: I'm sure it'll get crazier. That's okay. I love you you too. (laughs) Have a great day. (laughs) You too, gorgeous.